0: Welcome back to Locked On, Spurs, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, and happy Monday. Finish out their three-game homestand versus the Portland Trailblazers tonight at the AT&T Center, where the Spurs will hope to go 3-0 to start the season. They currently are 2-0, and uh, so far so good in a very, very, very young Spurs season. Uh, but after two games, um, what has uh, stood out uh, for you and your eyes and my eyes and our guest eyes? About this Spurs team, maybe some dislikes. Uh, We're going to be talking about that and more. Also, the Spurs Blazers, as mentioned, will tip things off later on tonight. Uh, We're going to take a little peek into tonight's matchup. To do that and more, I am joined by Zach Escamilla, Spurs Zones contributor. Zach, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. And I I heard you got some uh, lottery cards, uh, those high-demand lottery cards from uh, Hispanic Heritage Night.
1: Yes, sir. I was actually able to obtain a couple of decks as my wife and I uh, were lucky to make it out to the game. Uh, there were still actually a decent amount of tickets available, so we were able to sneak some tickets on Saturday night. And it was a great game.
0: Well, that's good, and I am glad that you were able to see the Spurs in action because you're definitely going to help us out in this first segment. Look, Spurs are 2-0, and and I get it. Maybe this is, might be a little premature. But, in a, by the way, in a very small sample size. But needless to say, there's been some good and some bad so far in this early Spurs season. Zach, you're the guest. I'll let you start off. Uh, let's get rid of the bad news first. Is there anything you have not liked so far after two games?
1: Well, as you mentioned, Jeff, it's, it's only two games. It is a small sample size. But in the era that we live in today where, you know, we were very impatient. I don't know if it's a millennial thing. But it's one of those <laughs> things to wear. <laughs> what was that,
0: Jeff? It is. It's a very a millennial thing.
1: Okay. No, it, it really is. Everybody needs things like yesterday. And I know it's all over Spurs Twitter. Everyone wants to know what's going on with Lonnie Walker. And I definitely put myself in that boat. Heck, I even wrote a piece uh, not too long ago where I really believed Lonnie Walker was going to get significant rotation minutes. And thus far outside of a couple of minutes in the game against the, uh, the wizards the other night, excuse me, he really hasn't seen the court. So that's one thing uh, as a fan that upsets me a little bit, but ultimately I do know it's early. So that would be number one. And number two, I I don't know if I would so much call this something that I dislike, but I do, I am definitely a little surprised that Damari Carroll, you know, after he signed a, a pretty decent deal to come and play for the Spurs this offseason, he hasn't received a lick of playing time against the Knicks or against the Wizards. So that's something that definitely shocks me.
0: Yeah, look, uh, let's start off with uh, Damari real fast. Look, that could simply just mean that A, maybe he just hasn't gotten used to or really understood the Spurs system yet. B, it could simply just be a matchups thing, uh, but tonight will be interesting because Portland does have a bunch of big men. Um, you know, look, Damar is not a big man in the traditional sense, but it could be another body you can throw out there. Hassan White size now with the uh, the Blazers because he got Collins, uh, so the Blazers could present something else, and you know, we'll talk about that in more. It could also simply mean he just did have a, he just had a bad offseason, you know, maybe he, he didn't come into shape or you know, he didn't really, uh, show much as far as learning the Spurs system in training camp this could also just be Popovich not playing all his cards so early look DeMar Carroll is a 380 guy the Spurs needed last season now they got him they got to use him eventually Zach Zach in the least in the last two games do you think he couldn't be the difference
1: I I really do uh you know and I hate to make this sound like a you know, I'm bashing Marco Bellinelli, but it it, de- it definitely seemed like there were stretches, especially against the Knicks, when you had Marcus Morris playing the three. Uh, going up against DeRozan, and then even Bellinelli as the backup. And both of those guys were completely unmatched. As, you know, Morris had the, the superior size and strength on both of those players. I really thought a guy like Damari Carroll could have came in and offset some of Morris's production, at least on the defensive end, had he been provided the opportunity to do so. So I was a little shocked we didn't see him right away.
0: Yeah, look, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Pop uh, meshes him into the system. Uh, Who knows? You you know, maybe he could be in the doghouse already. I don't know. I hope that's not it. It's too early for that. Uh, But as far as the Lonnie Walker and the Bellinelli thing, look, Spurs fans have been pulling their hair out over this. Um, Bellinelli uh, has been getting considerable more playing time than Lonnie Walker has. Lonnie, you know, he's coming off a season where, you know, it got derailed, um, you know, early on with an injury and he got sent to the uh, G League. And he wowed in summer league, and as he should have been because he is—he is a notch above that type of t- competition. But in the little that we see in off season, uh, as far as the preseason is concerned, Zach, I didn't really see much out of him. You know, I saw the athleticism, uh, I saw the want, but he—at least in my eyes—I didn't really see enough to say. You know what? He warrants more minutes now. In order to get those more minutes, he's got to play, and I get that whole you know rock in the hard place thing. But right now, Bellinelli has an edge over him, at least in Popovich's system. He is a veteran. He's been with the Spurs. He's been there, done that. And he's won a title with them. And I know that's years past, and that's water under the bridge. But nevertheless, that is what it is. And it, the Spurs needed points uh, in these last two games. And of the two players, you know, let's face it, Marco is, has been known for scoring points in, versus Lonnie, who hasn't. I'm not sitting here saying that, I agree with Pop. I think Lonnie should get more minutes, and he definitely needs those more minutes because what's the point of him just sitting there? Might as well just send him to Austin and let him at least continue to develop or something, get reps in. I think as the season progresses, uh, uh, Zach, once Lonnie proves that he's okay in that system in practice, in, in, in uh, and practice and shoot-arounds and spot minutes he may get uh, when he does get into the game, I think he'll you'll start seeing a gradual increase. I think you, Pop doesn't want to throw him into the frying pan too soon. Slowly but surely, I suspect Lonnie will get minutes. Now, Zach, I, I sit here and I got a feeling you may disagree with me.
1: Well, you know, Jeff, I, I hear what you're saying. You know, Marco being the vet, and obviously, you know, Pop has an affinity for his veteran players. I mean, I think you even mentioned it in years past. You know, when Michael Finley was a spur, um, you know, it raises the question: Did did Finley ride the boat a little bit too long? I don't know, but when I see Marco Bellinelli, to me, it's one of those things to where, especially being at the game the other night um, and and getting a, you know a view of of him his playing you know on the defensive end of the ball, I just I didn't see a whole lot there that made me think, man, this guy should really be in the game right now over a player like Lonnie Walker, where, yes, you're right, there are a lot of things we don't know about Lonnie yet. We know he's athletic. But other than that, we just have a very limited sample size. But Marco was not doing anything against the Wizards. That made me think, oh, my goodness, uh, (laughs) he deserves to be in the game, much less over Lonnie or even a guy like Damari Carroll. I thought either one of those players could have done more, at least on the defensive end, uh, compared to what Bellinelli brought the other night. But again, I'm not Coach Pop. I'm not a basketball coach. I'm just a fan. I'm just observing and reporting what I saw. And to me, he didn't wow me. He didn't do anything that made me think, this dude deserves to be in the game. And that's just me being very candid about it.
0: Yeah, uh, look, uh, I think as the season goes on, I, I think it's just too soon uh, for Spurs fans to really be jumping all over Pop saying, why is Bellinelli going to get minutes over Rolani? Give it time. Just let him have time. He finally finally got himself a full training camp. He got himself a full preseason, albeit last season with the injury. And now he's with the team. He's made the regular season roster. Um, It just takes time. This is Popovich we're talking about here, a guy who's notoriously very strict on younger players. Uh, Unless their name is Tim Duncan or Kawhi Leonard, he's not going to give him that much of a leash. Uh, two young players. I and mean, look at DeJounte. He was part of that Spurs uh, development path. Same thing for Brin, Same thing for Davis Bretons. They were a part of that. And I think Lonnie is just going through that motion right now of being part of that developmental path. Look, I want to see Lonnie out there. I think his athleticism is off the roof, definitely in comparison to Bellinelli, I think he's able to attack the rim uh, with more ferocity than Bellinelli. But – One of the knots on Lonnie has been that outside shot. Zach, are you okay with him going into the game right now and testing that shot, knowing that it could be the difference between a win and a loss? Because look, keep this in mind, Zach. The last two games the Spurs have won, they geeked them out. They barely got a two-point win over the Wizards, and they had to fight and scrap to the bitter end against the Knicks. No, I hear what you're saying, and you know what? I would take
1: that risk, Jeff, because I really do believe Lonnie's going to bring more on the defensive end of the floor just because based on his athleticism alone, he's going to be able to have the speed to keep up with some of these uh these talented guards that the Blazers are going to have coming into town tonight, especially, you know, CJ McCollum, Dame Willard. Uh those guys are quick. So, I think I'd much rather take my chances with a player of Lonnie Walker's athleticism than to put an older guy like Marco on an island guarding some guys that are going to be significantly quicker than he is. So I'll take my. All chances.
0: Right. Let's go ahead and get off the bad news train here. Let's get on some good news now, Zach. Um, two games undefeated. What are some uh, bright spots that have caught your eye?
1: Well, I think uh, for me, the brightest spot has been Dejounte Murray. And I know he's on a little bit of a load management right now, but in the time that he's been on the court, he's been an absolute difference maker on both ends of the floor. Uh, his offensive game—I know his outside shot has been uh, a little streaky. I mean, he definitely—you know—he hit a three-pointer against uh, the Knicks, and he has hit some outside shots. But you can definitely tell—you um, know—it's still a work in progress. But nonetheless, the guy is just balling right now. He's—he's he's getting in the right—he's getting the ball to his teammates in the right spots. He's playing excellent defense. And I'm just, I'm gushing with excitement because I really do think the Spurs have a special player on their hands. And it's, it's really just a matter of time before he's going to be an all-star. Uh, I, I think this could be the year, potentially.
0: Well, look, Wizards head coach uh, Scott Brooks uh, even alluded to that uh, after losing to San Antonio, saying that this team definitely has two all-stars, referring to Aldridge and DeMar, and an up-and-coming, which he was alluding to. Murray. So he sees it as well. Look, DeJounte's been great. Uh, you know, double digit scoring, double figure rebounding, exactly what we saw that trajectory that he was on before the injury last season. He's been great for the Spurs. Now, look, Zach, he's been on a minute restriction, and it got to him a little bit, admittedly, after the Wizards game, where he said he was upset that he didn't get play um, significant play in the fourth. He had a little bit, but it wasn't too much. But he understood that it's part of the recovery process. What do you side on that? Do you agree with Pop and benching him, at least against the Wizards, for that fourth period? Or do you think Pop should have let him just go wild?
1: Well, you know, it's tough. I, I'm not a doctor, Jeff, so I'm not one to tell, you know, a doctor that their opinion is wrong. I mean, if the doctor's told Pop he needs to only play X amount of minutes, you know, Pop knows he has somebody special in DeJounte Murray, and it's a regular season game, only the second game of the season. I understand the risk involved. He wants to keep him fresh for – you know, after the all-star break during the playoff push. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I was extremely shocked to not see him on the floor for at least the last two minutes of the game. Now he did come in for the very last possession and him and uh, Derek White played some excellent defense there to force Bradley Beal into a, you know, contestant shot and the Spurs won the game. But I just remember sitting there thinking, how is their best defender not in the game right now? So it's, it's one of those tough things because you, you understand where Pop is coming from. He's trying to make sure he's protecting his player, trying to ensure he doesn't get hurt. But at the same time, when it's a close ball game, I mean, had it been any other time in the season, DeJounte Murray needs to be in the game during winning time.
0: Yeah, uh, he. I think he will again very soon. Uh, Zach and I were just talking about two games here. Obviously, you know, with time and recovery, and obviously confidence, Pop will let Murray play more. And I definitely expect him to play a lot more tonight versus the Blazers. Now, look for me. One of the bright spots so far has been Demar Derozan. Look, say what you will about his start to uh, the Knicks game. I know three periods, he went over. But, man, did he come alive when the Spurs needed him. The Spurs uh, and the Knicks were in a dogfight, even entering that fourth and final period. And, yeah, the Knicks were up at one point. But he came in in the clutch, uh, which that's gone against his reputation so far in his career, with 10 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think he shot some some ungodly number. Yeah, he very efficient numbers, but he was well above 60% shooting. Same thing for the Wizards. Um, he had a good solid one through three periods from the fourth period, he just exploded and took over the game for another ten points and shot something like sixty-five, sixty eight percent in the fourth period. As of this recording, Zach, did you know he is tied for the sixth best offensive player in the fourth period um so far in this early NBA season? DeMar DeRozan you know, I, has I did yeah, not yeah, know he's that. been yeah, he's the sixth best scorer right now in the fourth period. Um so Again, we got to caveat this that we, Zach and I, we understand that this is a very, very small sample size, just two games. But this is a good sign to see that DeMar DeRozan can step up when the Spurs needed it. DeJounte Murray said it himself said, we love it, but we need him to do it all the time. They didn't want him to just take over the game from beginning to end. For me, I like what I've been seeing out of DeMar DeRozan. Uh, Zach, your thoughts. Oh, I
1: agree with you 100%, especially this game against the Wizards it it really did seem like there in the fourth quarter um you know when it was basically a uh, you know lead changes you know back and forth you know was you know between a 2 and uh, 2.4 point game it seemed the entire quarter uh it didn't it seemed like demar was not missing any shots i i can't actually recall him missing any it literally seemed like everything he threw up yeah. went in yeah. so it was definitely impressive uh he's definitely showing his importance to the team I don't know if he's silencing any of the critics yet because it's so early, but he's definitely on his way.
0: Yeah, and of course, you know, we have that big old black cloud hanging over him right now. I'm the organization of that being his future in San Antonio. So perhaps that's just giving him a little extra motivation to say, hey, Spurs, you see, you know, I, I am valuable for this team long term. In a second, Zach and I are going to continue our chat. We're going to be looking at tonight's matchup, Blazers versus Spurs. Let's continue our chat with uh, Zach Escamilla. He is a Spurs Zone contributor, and you can find him on Twitter at Spurs Zach. And just look for the guy in the Jedi robes. By the way, nice touch there, Zach.
1: Uh, you know, it's a uh, big Star Wars fan. You know, Rise of Skywalker is coming out soon. Still All right, let's drive. cut you off there. Let's. We, we don't allow that
0: type of garbage on this show right here. <laughs> For those of y'all who follow me on Twitter, know that I am not a fan of the last two Star Wars trilogy. I'm a big fan of Rogue One. I'm okay with Solo. I'm okay with it. Um, but um, no, these last no. two have just been atrocious. This could going go on for a, a long conversation, so let's get this back on track, Zach. Because uh, I know Zach's <laughs> tempted to brown up right now. Oh, Zach, <laughs> you first lasers tonight. This is going to be, in my opinion, a really good test for the this first. Uh, the Blazers came back uh, versus Dallas last night uh, to beat the Mavericks in their gym. And so this is the second night of a back to back for Portland. When you look at tonight's game, what is the one thing you have to tell these Spurs to do on the court to get the W?
1: Well, it may sound cliche, Jeff, but it, it obviously starts with their backcourt. Uh, C.J. McCollum and Dame Lillard. Uh, those guys are very lethal shooters. Uh, they're great with, uh, you know, they're great. They're both great passers. Uh, to me, the Spurs are definitely going to bring their A game. I mean, Dejounte Murray's probably going to need to see, uh, you know, I don't know if, how how many minutes Pop's going to allow him to play tonight. But uh, for the minutes that he is on the court, he's definitely going to have to make them count whether he's guarding Dame Lillard or McCollum. So I definitely expect to see uh, Derek White out there too. I know we haven't seen uh, Derek White and DeJounte Murray on the court together with the exception of the last possession of the Wizards game, but I think tonight would be the night where Pop at least has to consider putting them up on the court at the same time so that they can try to neutralize those two guards because if those two guards have a big night, it could be a long night for the Spurs.
0: No, I, I get you. I, I think that is the obvious, but it's the obviously big matchup. It's the, the Blazers' backcourt versus the Spurs' backcourt. Um, I think Popovich will go to Murray and White combo often tonight versus those two guys. Look, you look at uh, a guy like uh, Damian Litter, you know last season he averaged 20-plus uh, points per game versus the Spurs? The same thing for CJ McCollum. He averaged 25 plus points per game versus uh, the Spurs last season. That's insane. These two guys have historically lit up San Antonio for numbers. And now the Spurs have two elite defenders out on the perimeter. Brent Forbes even said it after a shoot around today, saying that DeJounte's elite defender. Derek White is a really good defender. I think Pop will have to play those two guys if uh, McCollum and Lillard are lining up the Spurs and there's no reason to think that they wouldn't because historically they've been doing it for me also Zach when I look at tonight's matchup I look at the big man matchup Uh, they got Hassan Whiteside now coming from Miami Uh, he's he's made a name for himself coming out of the G League he's he's one of the better defenders in the league he can score I think we're really going to see a true test if this Trey Lyles starting the center thing works. What do you think about that? That Lyles is beginning to nod over Jakob Purtle.
1: I really like the move. I like Lyles. I think he's one of those versatile NBA players where you could put him in a lot of different places. He's obviously showing he can play center right now. He could probably he could definitely play power forward. He could even probably play the three, depending on who's out there. So to me, his versatility uh, is something that I've always admired in the modern NBA player if I were a GM I would want more players like Trey Lyle because of the versatility that he brings to the court so for me I really do like the change Jeff however tonight because you mentioned Hassan Whiteside is going to be starting for the Miami
0: Heat he's going to have some significant size on Trey Lyle So, yeah, yeah, and Zach Zach meant to say the the Blazers there, so just for a little. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry uh, clarification. The Blazers, yeah,
1: so so yeah, sorry about yeah. that. So Hotan Whiteside for the Blazers tonight is going to have some significant size on Trey Lyles, so I think tonight could be the night that Pop might throw a a wrench in the engine here and uh, start Purdle because he's going to match up a little bit better versus Whiteside from a size perspective. But again, who knows. He may continue with Lyles and the starting five that he used for the first two games and maybe Jakob Pertle just sees some uh extended minutes. We'll just have to wait and yeah. see. But I think that's gonna be an intriguing matchup for sure.
0: Yeah, I definitely want to see how LMA and Lyles and Purtle uh go up against that uh, that size of Portland. They got Zach Collins there. We mentioned wide side. I don't think Nurkic is playing yet. I think he's still in street. Yeah, games. Nurkic
1: is out, as well as yeah. uh I believe, oh my goodness, who's their other big I can't it, – it's, it's escaping me right now, but our old friend Pau Gasol is going to be back in town. So right. Spurs will get to go. Yeah, but I, I, think, I
0: think he's, he's not even playing as much or he's – you know, so, so – Well, it, we see it it is what it is,
1: Breton said to the Spurs the other night. Pau Gasol may have one of those games in him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. Breton just lit up San Antonio in the uh, last uh, game. Uh, so hopefully Pau doesn't do that. But I, I highly doubt that's going to happen. Uh, versus the Spurs you know speaking of Powell you know what it would have surprised me Zach if the Spurs gave him a tribute video right and there seems like they'll be handing these out left and right
1: I mean I think it's inevitable he's gonna get one he was with the team you know what was it two three years Yeah. and uh I mean after the the Kawhi drama they they still gave him a tribute video so I'm sure he's gonna get one too
0: yeah so um but but I think it's okay for Spurs fans to clap for him I know that I asked that earlier on social media and it's been right down the middle more towards, I guess, you know, that kind of reaction. But, uh, you know, Spurs fans, hopefully they would do it with the class and not boo him. You know, boo Marcus Morris and Kawhi when he comes and et cetera, et cetera, and Van Vliet. But not, not for a guy who he's helped somewhat. He had his moment, yeah. Zach.
1: Yeah, I think, I think here's the issue with Tal, Jeff. I think nobody – I don't think nobody dislikes Powell as a player. I think they disliked his contract.
0: And, yeah, that's what you
1: know, if he was just one of those guys that was on a more team-friendly deal, I think people would have loved him. But, you know, when, you know, there's a salary cap involved and you have a an older vet that isn't playing much or playing, you know, the way he did in his prime, like Powell Gasol, folks were a little bit upset. And you know that's more of a front office thing, if you ask me. But ultimately, as a player, I mean, don't boo the guy. Uh, you know, you can boo him when he was when he was in the Lakers. I remember that. But um, but now yeah. it's like, hey, the guy, he was here. Uh, he played hard. Give him a clap and enjoy the game.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of the game, uh, another uh, player I'm going to be circling on my who to watch list is uh, DeMar DeRozan. Uh, last season. DeRozan put it on the uh, Blazers. He averaged 30 points per game off 48% shooting and 94% free throw shooting as well. He also chipped in with six rebounds per game and six assists in four games against Portland. I, I hope he can, he continues that dominance because the Spurs are going to need that type of offensive punch versus uh, a team that boasts two of the better guards in the NBA, let alone the West. I need to see that also, Zach, the Spurs have a little bit of history on their side. They have a three-game winning streak versus the Blazers in San Antonio. So there's a little bit of a good mojo right there for the Spurs. Uh, how key is DeMar DeRozan tonight versus Portland, Zach?
1: Oh, he's he's going to be huge. And, you know, say what you want about his defensive efforts, or at least the critics. Uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, he's not a terrible defender. Uh, you know, it's rare when you find guys that are DeJounte Murray and Derek White caliber on the defensive end. But, you know, he plays well enough on the defensive end and his scoring is really going to be needed tonight uh, against this team that's uh, known for their high scoring, especially their guards and their forwards. So to me, uh, De- uh, DeMar DeRozan, uh, he's he's definitely going to be uh, the X factor tonight. He's going to have to go out and have a good game.
0: Yeah, just a little clarification here. Actually, Damian Lillard, uh, specifically, he averaged, (laughs) ready for this, 31 points per game versus the Spurs in four games last season. 31 off 48% shooting. Uh, So, and eight eight assists per game versus San Antonio. And again, for clarification here, McCollum, he averaged 22 points per game. So, this combo loves seeing they love playing the Spurs, so obviously all eyes are going to be on those two guys uh, tonight at the AT&T Center. In a second, Zach and I are going to wrap up our conversation. Zach, I'm glad you did not put me on the uh, I hate the Spurs, um, the, the Star Wars uh, soapbox because we, we probably would have still be talking about that right now. So I appreciate you not lighting that fire up too much.
1: I <laughs> know. It's a tough scene, Jeff. It's, real, it's, it's tough. <laughs> very, very tough. tough.
0: Very tough. Yeah, I, I am unforg- I am just merciless when it comes to tearing apart the last two flicks. But Zach is going to put it out there. Spurs, Blazers, how do you see tonight's game going down?
1: Well, for those that like to gamble, Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas is favoring the Spurs by four and a half. So the Spurs are definitely favored to win tonight. I think it's going to be another close game, but I ultimately think the Spurs are going to prevail and get the W because DeJounte Murray is going to slow down Dame Lillard. I'm not saying he's going to stop him completely, but I do think he's going to slow him down just enough to where the Spurs are going to be able to prevail.
0: I agree with you. I I think the Spurs are going to get the W at home. It's going to be a hard-fought W. This is a team – that the Spurs cannot overlook. Look what happened last night in Dallas. The Blazers stormed back to get the W. So, you know, you got to put them away and not take your foot off the gas pedal. I think the Spurs will eke out a win. i will be another close one before they head out on the road for the first time this season. Zach, tell everybody how they can follow you on social media.
1: Yeah, if you guys want to follow me, uh, follow at Spurs, Z-A-K, at Spurs Zach uh, for Spurs Zone content. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions, uh, send them my way as well. Send them to the whole team. I know if you want to follow Ty Yeager, he's got the mailbox too. So don't forget about the mailbox, people. We will answer your questions.
0: Yeah. Again, you want to send them to Ty Yeager, which is at Ty Yeager Radio, It's J-A-G-E-R, just like the drink. So there's that. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at JeffGSpursZone. Go to the Spurs Zone News for San Antonio, Fox29SanAntonio.com. Everything is there under the sun for your San Antonio Spurs, including what would Tim Duncan look like carved into a pumpkin? Yeah, no joke. It's, it's there. So go check it out at the Spurs Zone. And, of course, there's a Locked On Spurs for all the Locked On NBA Network. Subscribe anywhere you find your favorite podcast. And if you're on iTunes, give us a bunch of stars. We'll appreciate that. But for Zachary Escamilla, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs.